0: listening to left of the dial. I'm your host Kitsy and with me once again is the scatterbrained Caleb Coy.
1: Hi. Yes, that's me. Hello. That's very accurate. Well done. <laughs> it's al- um,
0: it's almost like that was the second time I did that in the last five it's minutes. It's almost
1: like we it's almost like we practiced like like we knew in advance. Almost
0: like someone forgot to hit record. I don't know who that could have been. <laughs>
1: That never happens. No, not at all. Nothing ever goes wrong on this show, and I don't know what you're talking about.
0: Never. It never would. <laughs> well, we have a guest this week. Uh our guest has yeah. a new record out on September eighth via big indie records called Two Seater. Uh please welcome Micaiah from the bots. Micaiah. welcome. Hello. Thank you guys for having me.
1: Thank you for welcome. being here. <laughs> so uh the, that that intro, it, it went so smoothly. It went so again, smooth. It's like we all yeah, it's like it was rehearsed, it's but it's like it totally we practiced. practiced.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. I didn't forget to hit record. We were just practicing.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> just to make sure everyone knew what to do coming in.
1: I told you we'd make this easy on you.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> pro move.
0: Yeah, exa- that's what it was. It was a pro move, yeah. not a bonehead mistake. I like yeah. that. Get that get that spin there. Yeah, this is not the uh, so letterman.
2: Totally, totally. So totally. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, so Micaiah, this is uh this is the bot's first album in seven years. Is that correct? It's been a minute. Um
3: just Life stuff happened, and here we are now with the new album.
1: Well, that's <laughs> so wild. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: It's it's got to feel good to finally. I'm I'm sure it's been a, felt even longer than seven years for you. So it's got to feel good to finally have it coming out here in a couple weeks.
3: Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. It felt like an eternity. These songs I've uh, yeah spent some time thinking about, and yeah, now finally get to put them out to the world and move on a little bit more.
1: Well, that's that's so- awesome. Before we get too too much into the, the songs, I, I gotta know. So, uh, in 2014, Rolling Stones declared y'all most likely to succeed. And is, then, is, is that a real thing? I
3: mean, yeah, it did happen apparently. I, I did.
1: It, well, I, I guess <laughs> I, I should phrase that in a way that's not me questioning, like, is that a real thing that you guys got that? No, like, is that a real thing that they do? I've never heard of that before. I, yeah, they all. <laughs>
3: All kinds of surprises, right? They, they kind of
1: just turn So, want. <laughs> so the Rolling Stone. Nobody tells them what to do. Yeah, right. I, just,
0: I, I didn't realize they did like a high school yearbook for bands. That's just wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. basically basically what that was. Senior superlatives for music. Yeah. I was voted most likely to end up with a podcast, turns out. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? I'm, hey, just, I'm just kidding. We didn't know what podcasts were when I was in high school. I'm just kidding.
1: They, <laughs> I bet it's a real thing now, though. Probably. I bet there's oh, like yeah. Some of the like, like the, the theater kids probably get stuff like that now in, in their the superlatives. <laughs> For sure. I mean. kids, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, you love to see it. Hey, speaking of see it, that's the song we first heard coming into the podcast. Uh, that's it's very f- good. First You're one good. we're going <laughs> to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> Practice, you know?
3: Kids used to do this before.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so do you want to tell us a little bit about See It? What's, uh, what's that track's all about? What it means to you?
3: Yeah. Um, so the song is... Uh, many of the songs on this album kind of... I have a song called Tatata, I have this one called See It. This one is based off essentially the phrase I'll believe it when I see it, which is the hook on this song. And um, I, keep a, yeah, I keep a running list of song titles and ideas and just kind of word combinations. And I try... Because, I, I mean, it's easy. I've done before, like many other writers do. It's easy to write about love. to get inspired by love. But,
2: mm-hmm. you know, to yeah. be able to
3: write something, just, I don't know, write a, a song about nail polish or something, just, like, pick a subject matter try to go with it. That's kind of where these songs came from. And that song, See It, was the phrase, like I said, I'll believe it when I see it. And um, kind of, <laughs> which was more of a juicy story or a salacious, like, piece <laughs> behind that. It's quite literally that. It's just a song about... <laughs> uh, yeah, just like eager for more, wanting, want, boy, you cried wolf. That It does a lot of things. It serves purposes. Like, I want this thing. I'll believe it when I see it. Like, I'm kind of like a motive. It could work in other ways. So I find that, like, it could uh, plays into motivation and, and kind of, like, telling yourself. It could, yeah, I guess, it, I, I don't know. It could go either way. It could be kind of doubtful or, or, or. Not necessarily negative, but it could, you could spin it both ways. So There's a, pos, a positive outlook on it and uh, kind of, yeah, a questionable yeah. one at the same time.
1: So, yeah, questioning. Like, yeah. That's, a, that's an important thing to do. Is, now, is that a, kind of a fairly common thing that you do in your writing is try to pick a just a, a topic or a phrase or a line or something like that and write around that, or is that just something you find yourself doing on this record? I think on this record, more than... I mean, I guess on the newer material that I've been writing
3: since this album already, and um, I don't know, just trying to always try and do something different, always trying to challenge myself as a songwriter because I tend, and I think many other songwriters tend to have that like myopic view when they're writing every song. It's like me, I, me, I, me, like yeah, I do this, I am that, like, so, <laughs> like <laughs> yep. Not that I mean, I'm probably still doing it even with the songs. I was trying to write a song called Copycat. And it's, Quite literally, that somebody that tries to emulate or and just, even in the songwriting, I, I still find myself using the word I, like, dang it. So I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to curb that or like, you know, with each song and each album or cycle of music, I, I want there to be a different theme or some kind of different approach to what it is that I'm doing. And tend, it, On this last album, months previous album, it, uh, yeah, it seems that it, I did do the subject matter kind of right on it. Some are like anecdotal and, and stories of my past or of my development in childhood or whatever. That's kind of the theme of the, the album at whole. Even with this song, I believe when I see it, the, you know, kind of as a kid, you don't hear that phrase. I, I don't say it as much as a young man. I'm not as doubtful as I used to be or as, <laughs> or whatever you want to call it. Like I said, we could spin it so many ways, but I'm going to talk about the, the negative, if you will, for now. People like negative, people want to hear bad stuff. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear about the best they've ever had. People want to hear about the worst you've ever had. So, <laughs> I want to hear both. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the phrasing, I believe, when you're a kid, I don't know, I was always just like, yeah, prove it. You know, show me. Like, I don't believe it. Like, that kind of thing. And that's, it has a theme of that kind of adolescence and that um, yeah, coming of age, if you will, throughout the album and that song. Just plays on that, that phrasing, that kind of ideology as a child, or maybe the motivation to i believe it when I see it. I want a big house. I want, you know, that. I want all those things. Work hard for it. I'll believe it when I see it. You could tell yourself that as an affirmation. So that's the positive of it. But yeah, I don't I really it. It. any interpretation anyone wants to have.
1: Trying to decide if I want to take or resist the opportunity to dunk on my fellow Missourians for our show me motto. and you Do know, it, use do the, it, the, do it. Doing that more of your childhood and it being kind of an adolescent mindset. I'm like, well that that fits. Yeah. <laughs> that fits really well with with the people of the state. <laughs>
4: These dunkies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Watch out.
1: Very, very soft. I mean someone you 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 baby you dunk lobbed that one up. you set that up for yeah. me? <laughs> no <laughs> like that iconic safe. image. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh do we wanna talk about the
4: next song, Girl Problems? She thinks nobody's watching. Guess what? Everyone's talking. Okay, it's not like the notice. That's just
3: by a couple of different things. Um, <clears throat> I guess we can go really deep or we can just go surface level, but I'll, I'll start off Let's su- go deep. surface level. Deep? Okay. Get real deep. Let's go, go yeah. deep. All right. Um, well, as a young man growing up, I, I found myself not really clicking. When you get to like middle school, like sixth grade for me, uh, yeah, sixth grade, seventh grade, boys are just terrible. They're just like gross. You're know, the most boisterous you can be and you're like, I don't know, I just didn't want to identify with that. A lot of boys, you know, just drawing wieners on everything, just, yep. trying, you know, yep. just being as gross as you can, being as disrespectful without thinking about it to women, just, like, saying things that just were just like, ah, why are you guys talking about this? Um, I grew up with uh, uh, many women in my household. I have two older sisters, and my mother was a strong woman. They raised me quite a bit, and, and in, in that... I mean, it's change of that. Like, all, I feel like all the men in our family, my, both my brothers included, are we have more feminine sides and we're more just attracted to different things than not <laughs> the typical stereotypic masculine
1: behavior. That's great.
3: Uh, yeah. And, uh, but no, it served me too well growing up, honestly. I feel like, like, <laughs> being even a black man, being a feminine black man that doesn't. There's so many things. There's so many rules already. Growing up as a young man, you have to be this, that, that, and then throw being yeah. black in America on top of it. It's just like I'm half Taiwanese, but people, even you know, when you're like black, don't you're just black. You don't even yeah. see the rest, and that's how that is. <clears throat> no, the, and things that I liked growing up, like I was a big fan of skating, and I still am now, but I took a break from it even during the time that I was younger because of just the. the environment the people and if you're familiar, if anybody saw that movie mid nineties. Yeah,
2: it's
3: a film about skateboarding based basically when I was growing up skateboarding. Um, and just terribly misogynistic, extremely homophobic, extremely just negative. And if you weren't legit that's cool and didn't wear these clothes, you couldn't be accepted and do you know, couldn't be a part of what it was that made me happy and what makes me who I am. What a lot of people now have rediscovered and allowed yeah. and provided in spaces and environments for, which is great. But um, back, back, back again. But all that, just, just to preface like my personality, I guess. Just, I got into that, I came into that uh, in middle school at, at that age. And um, all the boys were just not the boys that I was going to be friends with. They weren't going to gel. I took on quite a few friendships with a lot of ladies and became just friends with them. I wouldn't know ulterior um, uh, motives or any, or any crazy things like that or intentions. I was just innocently being friends with people that felt more in line with, my, with me and my behaviors and my, my interests yeah. and stuff. And that like that, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and that in turn made me I, I feel like I'm I don't know. I heard a lot of stories. I learned a lot about um, my friends and the song "Girl Problems" just essentially like the movie Mean Girls. Like I heard a lot of stories like that, less dramatized and comical, mm-hmm. obviously. But like you know, the the whole like that's a cute skirt, and then right behind your back, like that's ugly. Like in it, and it's 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 so simple and so small, but like it speaks to the larger uh, like a lot of my young friends, young lady friends, were telling me about just like um. Just, you know, the things that the societal pressures. I mean, I, I don't even think that I wrote the song with the title Girl Problems and it with, with it being based on the stories and the experiences I had heard and gone through with my friends. But mm-hmm. it's also something I think everybody can relate to, you know, boys, girls, anybody, everybody in between. And um, it's, just, it's just something you deal with growing up. Like, people. I mean, we made a joke because I was watching Twilight recently. We were, I was rewatching Twilight with partner. Uh, I had never really watched it past the first film, but they um, were really into it, and re watched it again. And yeah, the, the scene where um what's his name Taylor Wagner the the wolves I don't know if you guys are familiar at all oh, Team yeah. J. the kid is like 16 in the movie and he's ripped yeah. he's huge yeah. and I'm yeah. like I was 16 and I didn't look like that I like, no nobody one looks like that because was he wasn't <laughs> but he doesn't process that information as a child <laughs> you're watching this. he's like I'm 16 years old and he's got a full beard and he's ripped and it's like what am I doing wrong like same concept you get these yeah. realistic so it's a song about Uh, Just once again, coming of age, specifically from my stories I heard by my friends, but larger than that, I think it relates to what I just said. Like, we all have these unrealistic expectations to meet us, what we're growing up to be. And this is, I don't know, it's before we even discover what we realize we are and what we can be. It's just Mm -hmm. so many things that, um, yeah, just these distractions and like massive. Uh, yeah, just that. I don't know. I'm not going to expand on it anymore. I feel like I've said enough about werewolves and Twilight. <laughs> and but yeah. I, I,
0: I, I gotta be honest. I was not expecting to get into Twilight territory on this podcast ever. So <laughs> you,
3: never <laughs> did you never do. You never do. You never see I it coming. you did. <laughs> You yeah. never see it coming and it sneaks upon you just like a vampire.
1: Yeah. One of the things that you touched on when you was talking specifically about like the skate scene growing up, uh, that idea of like... It being like super clicky and super um like gate kept. And I feel like that's a, a pretty common theme that we hear talking to guests about the, their experience uh in, in music or in life. Uh because we you know, we try to get uh, you, as many different voices on the show as we can. And it's it's always I guess it's never surprising, but it's always interesting to hear how like that that experience it spans across, like, whether it be the music scene, whether it be skate, whether you know, school, like academics, whatever. Like, werewolves, it, vampires, werewolves, so werewolves, and vampires. Which team yeah. are you gonna pick? Yeah. <laughs> and, like, don't you dare pick the wrong team. So, yeah.
3: Oh, <laughs> dare. Don't you dare pick the wrong team. You could be exiled from the island.
2: They don't, you yeah, like, yes.
3: like, go home. <laughs> this is not cool anymore um yeah no it's it's something that i didn't think i mean even with music it kept me from liking everything i wanted to like right off the bat i had to wait until like graduate high school to fully embrace everything because kids were so harsh and so hypercritical about what you can listen to and who you could hang out with and what like just what you had like if you don't listen to sick beats you're not cool like you didn't know the new Little yeah. Wayne song you're lame like what like I didn't get a chance man I was trying to do some other <laughs> stuff I don't know like excuses are not I of this yeah
1: <laughs> All this, when we're like you you said this, like when we're not even sure who we are as people yet, like we're not even at, like, you can't even call those the formative years, yeah, still, like, still they're
0: they're, still cooking
1: at that pre formative
0: (laughs) years, really. It's yeah,
3: I'm in my formative, yeah, it's right now, I'm 28 and I'm in my formative years, like, absolutely, we're always still learning, like, it's so just that alone and recognizing that has been a blessing to an extent, like, just knowing that you don't know everything. Cause when you're 18 and it's just, it's gross. And once again, boys are gross. I was a gross 18 year old boy too. Even though, even though I was like nice boy, I was still an idiot.
0: That's the I mean, reality. I, like we don't every, know. everyone was, <laughs> everyone was and is yeah. and will yeah. be like, that's just how it is.
1: <laughs> again, that's not even your formative years yet. Yeah. Like that's the time to be an idiot. Cause you're still figuring it out. Yeah.
0: It's, it's that weird balance too of like, it's that age where like you really don't, know anything but you somehow think you know everything and it's such a, a mm-hmm. weird dangerous combination that that age i remember being that age i thought i knew it all now yeah. now i'm like i don't, I didn't know shit then and i know even less now so yep <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah, the elder i get the less i think i know
0: <laughs> yeah well i've got to say it's it's really refreshing to hear a song called girl problems and be about that versus like you know every time i see a song title like girl problems i i just automatically assume it's going to be some like whiny self-entitled like why won't girls fuck me kind of song
2: yeah <laughs> and... i was afraid
3: of that too and i kind of like that i was able to back that up with a different story it throws you off i've had a lot of people that have told the song title too and they're like oh yeah man i know what you're talking about i got girl problems too i'm like nope that's not the
2: song it's not, <laughs> no that's not we don't know it <laughs> <Like, laughs>
0: Yeah. So yeah, for me, that was really refreshing because I was, I was already, I was ready to hate this song and be like, oh, God damn it. Really this? Come on. <laughs> uh, and then it was awesome. So, uh, so kudos. Yeah. That was, that was, that was a, a really good, uh, I don't want to say bait and switch because I don't feel like it got scammed or anything, but it was a nice surprise. I'm glad yeah. to
3: surprised you there. Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> should we, uh, should we roll into the next one? Five Foot sure. Friendly?
3: Yes. Let's yeah.
1: I was going to try to make, as we were talking about being young, I was going to be like, yeah, I remember like, you know, when I was young and I was still five feet, (laughs) but I I was friendly. (laughs) I was going to try a really bad segue. (laughs) And I didn't <laughs> you, do it, but then I ruined it but by telling you told us about <laughs> it. That's so just, did just, it. just <laughs> as yeah. bad
0: as you did it. Yeah, thanks for that, Caleb. You did it and then explained it, which is even worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it
1: is. It's, that's my mo.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I deal um, with this every week. This is this is my life. I chose this. this is you did. Sorry, kids. <laughs> I did it to myself. You did, you,
3: did, you, did, you did this to yourself. <laughs> um, no, great segue right there. Because uh, funny enough, I was like five feet. For the longest time, I I remember that was a big issue for me. Wanting girls to like me and being like just tiny and
2: just
3: just, everything else I said just different. I guess to the extent, but um, that's not what the song's about. Uh, I don't know. I even (laughs) used that as I was like trying to segue your segue into the song. Um, (laughs) No, you did perfect. (laughs) I used to be friendly. Um, I'm just being mean now sorry me too and now I hate everyone yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, funny enough we we amongst our group the label and the team we I, I still even my band member we just we debate whether it's five feet or five foot when you mm. see the words when you see the F-T like how would you pronounce that it is a lot of people have gave me like we have 50-50 people say feet or foot I've been saying five feet friendly but I will occasionally say five foot friendly as well and I just
0: I'm not not sure what I said. We'll have to go back and check the the tape for the record. But I think I said five-foot friendly, I think, is is what came out of my mouth. You're probably right.
1: (laughs) I think it's interesting that, like, specifically when we're using it as, like, a single, like, decided measurement. Mm -hmm. As opposed to, like, I'm measuring this out and I have measured five feet. When we say, that is five foot. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's a weird quirk of, of the language that I don't, I, I, I'm sure somebody has an explanation, for right. me, but, but like,
0: but at the same time, if you were going to, if you were going to add like tall, again, like the descriptor tall, again, like that is, that is five feet tall. You wouldn't say five mm-hmm. foot tall.
1: Yeah. It's, it's again, it's when, when you have, when you're using that as a like definitive unit and like, that's yeah. the end of the, the, the thought basically. Yeah, Like I would say like, you know, I'm five foot. But I am five feet tall. Yeah. Uh, if you're me- if you're measuring me, it requires five feet. You know, whatever.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it's also the I, it's I don't know. I don't know why we do it. It's
1: weird. I don't know. I, again, I'm sure there's a reason why we do it. Like English is a really weird language.
3: Yeah. A stolen language that we pronounce <laughs> terribly wrong. But yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's got so many rules, and so nobody weird. knows any of them. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Aluminium, aluminum, what are we... Hey, come on, we're guys. We're still breaking we do constantly.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, all right. <laughs> the song, right? What was the song about? <laughs> um, once again... Hey, you tell I, us. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, this song is about... So I watched the film. I love films. I love horror films specifically, too. It's a big part of my upbringing awesome. as well, Just sing think they're great and fun. I laugh at them. And the more ridiculous the scenario and murder scene, the more hilarious it is to me. But I'm not an evil person. I just like, <laughs> I just like entertainment. I also enjoy Pixar films and kids' films. Um, uh, but with that being said, so I watched the film and I get inspired. I, I, on the very last album as well, uh, we wrote a song called um, All, of, All of Them. I'm fading my song titles. I'm sorry, but it's about horror film. I love. I wrote about one in the first album, and I, I used horror movies as inspiration for this song. It's based off of the film um, Under the Skin with Scarlett Johansson, which okay. is roughly five feet tall, <laughs> and oh. she pretends to be. If, if anybody doesn't know the movie, she plays a friendly, seductive character that kind of like drives around Glasgow um, in like abducts men and then like eats them or something like that kind of kills them and um, it's just about that it's about it's just about a movie it's quite literally that plot it's not as juicy as i'd like yes. it to be either and the, the fact <laughs> that it's just i looked up scrubber dress like three, so like five feet friend, which is i don't know that's
1: great <laughs> that's I what i did it. i love everything about it sure but um and- yeah I I wonder if it's intentional in your songwriting or if it's just kind of the the way it works out. Uh, I noticed that um, Girl Problems has a very um, kind of very like summer in California vibe. It's very light. It's very like easy, uh, approachable. And this song, it's like you wouldn't necessarily hear it in like a horror movie soundtrack, but there's something slightly sinister about it. And, like, is, is that something that's, like, a conscious thought process or is that, like, you listen to him after the fact and, like, oh, that makes sense?
3: I mean, I was trying to apply that that attitude and that, like, in my mind, I was, like, it's music for, like, driving at night. I don't yeah. know, with the with the hope being, like, tonight. I was, like, yeah, like, she's out stalking, like, night praying. On the play, prowl. Yeah, on the prowl, <laughs> like, going to get these dudes, going to show them what's up. Um, and I guess that's where that came from. And it has the lyric for the bridge. It's like, I get what I can, so should you. Kind of just like doing, it's a little bit more broad there, but like, it's like, I'm going after what I want. I do what I want. It, it, that's something I would say too, that comes from myself. Like I have to be able to do what I want and get what I want and go for it. And everybody should, why not? Why shouldn't you? If you see something you like, mm-hmm. go for it. And, um, it speaks a bit broader to that. Like, kind of ideology and way of thinking, but at this core, it's just a song about, like, yeah, being cool and, like, <laughs> driving through the night and, like, a little bit alien, a little bit different, like, a little bit of confusion. It's a little bit of everything. It doesn't really make that much sense beyond. If you watch the movie, the movie doesn't really make that many. It does. There's so many different um, people that have these theories on what the film meant, but, like, yeah, just a wild. Ride, and that's kind of what the song was meant to emulate. Right on, and it has Go um and it has a great feature from um, Eric Burton of uh, Black Pumas. He, he helped sing the hook on there with us, and we we developed kind of that super chorus that we called it, which comes in after that like piano break. But, uh, yeah, just, it's not it's not yeah, it's haunting. Cool. It's not haunting in a way that it would be for a horror movie, but like it's definitely like. The, the melody, the chant of it, has a haunting in my mind. I don't know. Right? So, it all all these elements of just like broody darkness and like it, it, it has yeah. That's what that kind of came from. And it was inspired by. So.
1: Kitsy, remind me. Am I am I thinking correctly? Black Pumas was the band that did the really amazing uh, Tracy Chapman cover that we talked about a while back. Yes, yes, that's correct. Oh my god. They're so good. <laughs> they yeah. are extremely good.
3: Um, fantastic <laughs> guys as well. Yeah, I wish I could say something bad about them to make this like interview so much more like, these guys are terrible. They're the worst.
1: Give, give us the juice. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, they were great. That's the, worst, that's the worst part, is that I have nothing bad to say, because they were fantastic. <laughs>
0: well, and they, they they produced this record for you, correct?
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, um, Adrian Casada, the back two was the, the head uh, producer on this fantastic work I mean like he, I learned so much from him and about just like space just what I, you know once again just keeping an open mind on like what I said before I didn't think I knew anything before but that's what allowed me to learn going in with an open right. mind knowing that I don't know and learning from him And just yeah taking home kind of the little gems and nuggets of knowledge that I, I learned and just being able to create with such a you know prolific like Forward, he's. he's, he's, he's I, I think they're, in my mind they're, they're legends already. Like they're like so. Um, the fact that I got to work with somebody is so great that it's a contemporary musician just killing and both of those guys doing some serious damage right now. Um, and yeah, just like bringing the songs that I developed to a certain point and learning how to make them what they were with somebody that has. You know, years experience working with many different jobs, so many different genres of music. And that's honestly why yeah. we, I was so stoked to work with him because he had worked with artists like Prince and like Daniel Johnston and like Wu Tang and like just random <laughs> stuff. I was like, okay, like, yeah, that's man. awesome. Some, some great stuff, so.
0: And you're now on that list, which is
1: awesome. Yeah. I mean it's yeah, a think blessing. About that. <laughs> it's
3: a blessing. I don't think about it. That's that's how that's how I operate. <laughs> I just pretend it didn't happen until we have to talk about it. So yeah, I did write that record with him and I think it's it's brilliant. It's amazing. Like I I consistently try to do that, just sit, step back for myself and remind myself of all the luxuries and amenities and things that I've been uh, have had access to
1: him, so. In uh, allowing you to to remain humble in this, we'll go ahead and say that like you've written a record that has earned its place amongst those others. So
3: <laughs> just got serious for a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's get <video> right here. <laughs> well,
0: why don't we go ahead and hear uh, Five Foot Friendly off of the new album Two Seater out September eighth on Big Indie Records by the band The Bots. And when we come back, we'll talk about a few more songs off the record, so stay tuned. I'm Casey Ryan and I'm Colin Ryan and we're here to
2: tell you about the new podcast coming to the night
0: shift radio network. It's something two white cis hat dudes have never covered Star Trek but here's the twist. the omnipotent God is actually a malfunctioning robot No well maybe but the real twist is
4: we roped our mom into it That's me Hi, Hi mom. mom. In the monthly podcast, we will cover all the Trek movies from the motion picture to beyond.
0: Our lifelong love of Trek comes from being introduced to it by our mom at a very young age.
3: But that's a story for the podcast. Look at you,
0: mom. You're a natural.
4: That's why I'm the admiral.
0: So join us September 8th for our monthly podcast,
5: Where No Mom Has Gone Before. Available on the Night Shift Radio Network, wherever in subspace you catch your podcasts.
4: Now... Which one
1: is the one with the whales? Four.
0: You're still listening to left of the dial. I am still kitsy. Caleb's brains are still scattered. Oh, everywhere! Just all over Scrambled. the room.
1: Scrambled. <laughs> Wait, no, that's ooh,
0: that one. Oh, that got no, dark. no,
1: <laughs> that got real dark. I'm I, taking I, it back to the the horror movie theme here.
0: <laughs> uh, I take that back. Uh, <laughs> we are, of course. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we are uh, still, of course, talking to uh, Micaiah from the bots. Uh, about the new album, Two Seater, out September 8th on Big Indie Records. And the song we just heard coming back from the break was, of course, Scatterbrains. Yeah,
3: Scatterbrains is a fun one for me because of the middle section where everything drops out and we like, did some stuff, which is fun. But um, the song Scatterbrains comes from, once again, that just that word, Scatterbrains, I just like the way it sounded. and um, Yeah, I feel like, you know, we get discombobulated or I'd get confused. I was probably in a moment of severe confusion or distress and dysfunction where that made sense. And um yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of when I listen to it back when you think about the song myself, I mean, this might be one of the few songs that I want to hear a little bit of just to remember. Um, Go for it. But yeah, maybe, right. It's kind of a love song is what I think at times. It, it's, it speaks okay. of lovely words, and it's kind of a song about, like, when you're, I guess at the end of a relationship, you're going to be that dark thing, man. You got me in that mood. Um,
1: Let <laughs> it all out. <laughs> yeah, start crying <laughs> on camera.
3: What's <laughs> <laughs> in water? My eyes. Um, yeah, it kind of plays on, like, maybe at the end of a relationship or whatever, and you're not quite understand. It's an admirable break necessarily want. You're looking like for closure. This, you're there. It's, it, it, it's a lot of things. It's kind of at the time. I guess, yeah, I could use the word scattered to describe how I felt because I was like all over the place. You want, yeah. you know, You feel. For me, these songs are written, like I said, seven years ago, experiencing a lot first. Um, at the time, I I met my first proper girlfriend. I was my first partner. That like I experienced a lot of with them. Those songs are reminiscent of that I and mean, you can speak on that and highlight positives and maybe some, some lows or whatever and some eager, wanting, longing, that whole thing. Um, I guess on the list of songs, this one and Looking Back both play on that central theme. Um, and Like I said before, it's something you can't avoid and most pop music, you know, you gotta, there's a love song or two. It's, as much as I write about trying to be th- um, a friend of mine had to, his style of writing, thought adventurous or like thought something. <laughs> I like so, that. Yeah, so, like, <laughs> I try to. I try to. I'm, I'm trying to do that, and then just always be like, "Yeah, baby, I miss you." Or like that song's great and stuff. And you gotta like every now and then when you're feeling it, or when you're feeling in love, it's, it's also great. I've done those, but um, yeah, this song was about that, a little bit feeling displaced and like a uh, confused, wanting, it's, yeah. Just reminding yourself, kind of, uh, which I guess in parentheses, that the original song title was Santa Brains, You Remind. And um, it's like the secondary song. It's You Remind, uh, you remind me of better times of what we used, you know, that kind of jargon, that kind of uh, overly romantic, overly expressive, kind of saccharine. Uh, yeah, that that whole thing. Yes. So yes. it is what it is. That's, that's what that song is kind of based on. But um, I didn't want to outfitted the song with a punk, pop-punk, upbeat, more avant-garde rock vibe with it not being a sad acoustic song. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's got, yeah, I was trying to emulate a little bit of The Cure and, like, other things that doesn't really come out on the record the way that it, like, I thought it would be, but I was like, yeah, well, like, drum machine, it'll be the gown stroke, it sound like Cure, like, before they got pop and it just sounds like a pop song but so yeah i was like i was trying to write some like yeah some different stuff but it just came out different whenever i try to emulate my idols it doesn't necessarily come out the way i and that's for the best i'm not that'd be terrible if i wanted to write a Metallica song and it just sounded like Metallica?
1: That would be like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, there's always a piece of you in that, no matter what you're yeah. you're shooting for. Uh, which actually leads me to a question that I've been wanting to ask. Like, it, <clears throat> and it's totally okay if there's not any one answer. But like, what what style do you consider this record to be? Like, what what really is like the overall vibe to you? Um. Ooh, I was going to make a joke, but I'm like,
3: I'll just tell you what I really think. Do <laughs> I was, was going be it. like, avant-garde swing jazz folk. <laughs> I don't know, just like naming a bunch of ridiculous genres that don't sound like the album. <laughs> uh, it's diminished E chord uh, cat music. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, the, the record, If I was, because people are going to listen to it, and what I've heard people call it, I mean, I call it a pop record, I think. It's it's a uh, it's a alternative rock pop rock record. Kind of got okay. as elements of post punk to me. Uh, and, and yeah, like it's pop because of the way it was recorded and the fact that I I am trying to write catchy songs at the end of the day. I'm trying right. to write yeah. trying to write hooks here. So it's not Britney Spears pop, it's not Madonna pop. It's not radio pop like that, but um it's me trying to... When I say pop, I also think of bands like White Stripes and what they did for rock music. It's mm-hmm. sure, yeah. such a pop song. All the songs were pop songs. Like They were yeah. outfitted with rock, more rock instrumentation that had a different edge to it, but it was pop music. And um, that's not what this album sounds like. It's not nearly as raw as that. I can compare my older album to material clip more like that, but um, mm-hmm. it's not even that at the same time, but yeah, it's 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 kind of uh, the way I described it before because I wanted I liked the idea of being able to listen to this album or listen to a album for that matter where you can sit down in your home play it. It'd still be something you could kind of dance around to and you know jump around and feel get into or just listen to in a more relaxed environment. Same same environment at home, just sitting down in and enjoying a record, maybe playing it over silly and playing it over like a dinner party, just having it the background music to an occasion. Or and then similarly that in a live setting, I want the record to work in two different environments on yeah. the on the on the LP where it's somebody can enjoy the dancing and somebody could sit down to. And then a live that's at a live concert or festival, I want the older folks perhaps if you want to sit on a blanket further back and watch the show and enjoy it that way or be up front on the railing freaking out, you can enjoy that's it that mean. way. <laughs> That's me I mean, but it, I wanted something for everybody. I want everybody of yeah. all age groups and all, you know, creeds and like, you know, my grandpa's. I guess I'm just thinking about older folks again. Like my grandpa's <laughs> an older man, and when he comes to watch the shows, he would sat in the back. He still enjoys it just as much as everybody else up front does, but he enjoys it differently. I even me at certain points in time. I, I used to depending on the audience. If they, if I go to a punk show, I'd stand in the back because I don't want to get hit anymore. <laughs> If I am watching if I'm watching like <laughs> Bjork or Animal Collective or any other great amazing pop act that still has good music or whatever, but I feel less that danger, I'll enjoy closer to the sure, stage. Yeah. yeah, but I'm not gonna that go watch sense. like, yeah. So like I'm it's situational and I want the music to perform in that way. It's situational. Um and also when you when I perform music live, I do believe that it still has a different edge. We never stopped being we always got called a punk band by, no matter if I performed acoustic, I'd still have people being, like, that was the most punk acoustics. I'm like, oh, yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Like, I love that, though. Like There's nothing wrong with that energy existing. I feel like all shows inherently are kind of punk rock. Rappers want to be punk rock with their performances. like. So, I mean, yeah. think about what Tyler the creator was doing and things like that, other artists... Death Grips is kind of just a punk band but <laughs> I mean people are debatable they're one of my favorite rap groups too but they're also one of my favorite punk bands because yeah songs that, it can be both it can be yeah. both and yeah it serves yeah and their music on the record sometimes can be more mellow than it is loud it depends you know same, same concept all musicians performing music across to, it's just interpretations of your own songs really
2: so
3: uh-huh. and, I, and I love that I love that it can perform these songs acoustically as well with just like piano and guitar, and it can just serve an entirely different yeah. purpose or feeling, or give you.
1: you know. I, I love that. That's how you approach it and how you feel about the the songs. Because you know, I listen to it, and um, yeah, you've got these grungy, fuzzy, like huge guitar tones and bass tones and whatnot, and it's it feels like very stripped down and very raw. But the songwriting is super accessible. It's. Mm-hmm. Like it, like you can feel the the pop influence, and that's something personally I really appreciate. Thank you, thank you very much. Me too.
0: This this whole record kind of has this vibe to it, but this song specifically, um, I I don't know if you've ever listened to the Get Up Kids. They put out a record like ten ish, maybe a little more years ago now, called "There Are Rules," and it was a very oh, yeah. weird record for them. Um, I have like
3: to it. Check it out.
0: Yeah, continue. but this, this song in particular really sounds like it could be right on that record. Um and it's I hear just, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And that's I mean, that's like one of my favorite uh, you know, you know, I'll say it, that's my favorite get up kids record. Come at me. I don't care. Um, <laughs> a lot of people didn't <laughs> like that record. I loved it. Yeah, I like it. I loved it. Uh yeah. At me, I dare you. Um, <laughs> I love that record. And so like this, you know, this song's in particular having that vibe just like it really like, kind of put me back in that place where I heard that record for the first time and went like, "Wow, this is different," and I love it. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's my take on it.
3: <laughs> Thank you for the comparison. I'm definitely gonna check that out after. I've already like loaded it in my Spotify. when you were saying, excellent. That. Definitely.
0: Yeah, I, I think you'll hear exactly what I mean. Like, it's it's just it's very, like, it's just kind of got that like a little more droney. Like everything's a little distorted, kind of but, like, still very accessible and very, like, melodic. Um, it's, just, it's just a great vibe. And I, 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 I'm I, constantly wanting more music like that. So now that I have more, uh, I'm very happy. So Thank
3: you made you. me very happy today. That's <laughs> wonderful. I'm blessed to hear that. Thank you so
1: much. You've been making music for a long time, like, since you were a kid, yeah? Yeah, yeah,
3: nonstop. It's my escapism. It's, like- it's my refuge.
1: This is like a, a family thing. I, I saw a reference in an, an article somewhere to like your dad put on punk shows. Is that a thing? Am I, did I read that correctly? Yeah, that's it's roughly uh correct.
3: My dad was a worked for Golden Voice many years back in the days and brought on a lot of the uh punk bands that like quite literally all of them, like every single one, like addicts to Susie and Cure and Sex Pistol, like everything. Like they put a lot of shows on that had um a lot of great acts come through and that's how I, I kind of really got into music or against just some cultures. And I mean, what wasn't popular during the time that I was growing, not that I'm like basically old or anything, but just, it wasn't a thing when I was, you know, MTV had, I mean, the punk music that existed when I was growing up was blink too. It's, it's pop punk. So yeah, I can, yeah. I, I'll, yeah, I'll use the word punk when talking about it, but it's definitely not like flag or like, Minor Threat or like TSOL and like every other thing. It's not like all those bands. And some of my favorite punk bands are. I always I say this all the time, and this is what I guess I try to be a part of when I'm. I I still want to identify as punk, or I still identify as punk, even though a lot of this music clearly isn't punk punk rock. But um, there's nothing more punk to me than not writing punk music. Like yeah, uh, yeah. that's like it's the most punk thing you do is like go against what's you know suicide. Um. Talking Heads, Devo, Cocto Twins—I guess my favorite punk. Yeah, really. Like, like these. Yeah, it, I don't know. Yeah, just like I love it when it, it becomes something else. I love it when the art evolves and um, yeah. So, like, sorry, I lost my train of thought. I'm just like reminiscing how much I like music. <laughs> okay, <I'm> like, oh, <laughs> no, that's, that's awesome.
0: That's <laughs> the whole reason we started this podcast was just to, to say how much we love music constantly. So you're you're yep. you're right on track. But I think, you know, that that brings up a good point, though, is that like that list of bands you mentioned, like those are like iconic, timeless bands that, you know, like today are just as relevant as they were in the 70s and in the 80s when they were, you know, like actually around doing stuff. And, you know, you've got so many other quote unquote punk bands that sound like every other punk band out there that are just like forgotten to time because they're not. Like, they don't really stand out. And that's not to say they weren't good, because so many of them were. But, Mm -hmm. like, you know, I think if if you're looking at, like, aspirations, like, you know, I think trying to be something unique, like, like a band like The Talking Heads or, like, The Clash, you know, that's, you know, that's really like a real thing to me versus like, I want to sound like blink 182. Like, yeah, there's a million bands that sound like blink 182. Like that's cool. if That's what you want to do. But like, you're going to get lost in that noise. Whereas if you're doing something like truly unique, no one else is doing like you're people are going to be talking about you 20, 30, 40 years from now, which is to me really cool. I
3: think so too. That's why we're all still talking. That's why I'm still listening to it. It still has such an impact. I mean, it's great. It's it's beautiful. I love that music can do that for, and I hope to be a part of it. I'm trying to participate in the larger picture and make my do my part. Try to, you know, make people feel hopefully the way that I felt about some songs that, that we're listening to, which is all, we, all you could hope for, want to do.
1: You picked another track that you wanted to talk about. It was called Tattle And if uh, if I'm not mistaken, in the, the list of tracks that we got is, is that's going to be the the final track on the record.
3: Um, yes, that is the final track on the record.
5: i
2: The
3: song is—it's uh, a fun one for me. I was really excited that this one, this one made just enough sense to put it on the album with everything else. It is—it is dramatically, sonically different from just what the use of like. I mean, I don't even know if you can tell what the instrument is. Like, I—it's electric. It's an acoustic guitar that has been like chopped and resequenced to a. I don't know the It sounds kind of synthie, I guess. I don't know mm-hmm. what how yeah, people interpret okay. that, but I really enjoyed just like how different that was already working with a guitar that didn't really sound like guitar to me. Um, And yeah, I I mean, didn't know that was guitar. (laughs) It sampled the guitar from a popular, a very popular song that I'm not going to talk about because I don't want to get sued. No, (laughs) I chopped up (laughs) note for note, like out of a, out of a very old song, and just resequenced to this this uniquely different melody. It sounds nothing. If I did reveal the sound source later, which will probably come out, um, it's, it, I feel like I'm in the clear, but um, it's not like I sampled, like, you know, Hit Me Maybe One More Time. Like, it's not that obvious. So um, the guitar <laughs> line, yes, yeah, I thought it was really unique and kind of synthy and almost dancey in a way. And then uh, the song itself, doesn't. the subject matter doesn't really lend itself to what the instrumentation or the vibe of the track is necessarily. But um, it just kind of came organically with the song once again, based off of a phrase, the, the phrase tell Um mm-hmm. And just like, once again, kind of like childhood. Not that I was a snitch. I didn't say anything. I didn't talk. But there were, <laughs> there were some kids that, you know, that are not, that are not with us today because... <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, there are some kids... That,
0: yeah, we got dark uh, there for a second. some kids that got stitches. There's some kids <laughs> that got stitches. <laughs> and rest in peace, you know, and condolences <laughs> to their
3: mothers. Um, no... Yeah, the song is, uh, sorry, I'm so bad. I tell terrible <laughs> jokes, just my thing. Forgive me. The song's about, the song's about dead children and keeping mouth shut. Moral of the story. Um, I'm actually trying to think about what the song is about, and I'm just thinking about what I've just said. Uh, the song is, yeah, the first <laughs> opening lyrics is... um. Lately, often um, making, well, yeah, waking up and telling stories you'd keep for me. Um, I don't know, just lyrics about somebody that just can't help but tell somebody's secret. They're like, first thing I do and you tell me this is, you am going to tell somebody else. It's kind of where that came from. And the line. Rude. Rude, right? <laughs> really <line> rude. <laughs> and so many people would. It's, it's the same situation where it's like. Um, you tell your friend or whatever, or like if you have brothers or sisters or any kind of siblings, and you tell your sibling to be like, hey, don't tell. Him. Then don't tell mom whatever that I want this. And then the first thing is, Mom, Mikaya says he wants that, like that kind of vibe. Like uh, <laughs> kids that do that. <laughs> the worst. Those <laughs> songs about those kids. The, the example I set up wasn't the best example, but you get what I'm referencing what you to right they, yeah. yeah, I hate that. <laughs> That's what the worst that peeve. I don't experience it much in my adult life, but there are people that still do that for fun so I hate them. I'm one of those people.
0: Um now I'm curious. I wonder if, if this is a regional thing, because um, obviously I, I, I think you and I grew up in very different parts of the country. Obviously, uh, <laughs> I grew up in very rural central Pennsylvania. Uh, so I'm I'm presuming you grew up in L.A. Is that kind of yeah, I'm born yeah.
3: Here in San Angelino. Very v-
0: very different uh, places then for <laughs> sure. Um, so I'm, I'm wondering if this is a regional thing. But I always heard uh, heard the phrase as tattle tale. Not hmm. tattletale. I'm, Caleb, I'm curious, what, what's your...
3: You're, you're right. You're absolutely right. And this was a the case of me rephrasing a popular... Um, ah, colloquial. okay. <laughs> this is your tattletale. <laughs> sounds weird, I know. Now I think
0: about it. Maybe did. just completely mistitled the track when we were writing it. And this, I this, whole time I right. this whole time I've been like, is that like a West Coast, East Coast thing? Like on the yeah, West Coast, is it tell?" Do I just not know that? I've actually that?
1: heard both. Uh, but I, again, I think that just goes back to the oddities of the language. I think yeah. that might be five feet friendly, tight
3: tale" tail, Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, wow. Well, yeah, no, that song was loosely based around that subject matter. It's it only got like, yeah, it's only got like two some verses, basically. And it's, it's all just describing what I've just said, just basically like, I don't like you telling my my business. Keep your keep my name out of your mouth, kind of song. But as politely as you can say that, I'm not a mean person. I would never say that to somebody, and that's why I write songs because it's our form of expressing. So that's that's where you
1: can safely say things like that, and yeah. <laughs> not have people get mad at you. Yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's basically a story about about behind that, and then the instrumentation. I mean, the story behind the song. How we wrote that song was actually pretty fun because it was written. It was written. Written. Can't speak English. It was written with like um, multiple time signatures within the song. They're very like minuscule and not super noticeable because we tried to nudge, and make this like mess of a song flow as if it was one continuous, like yeah BPM. But it, it was a bit of a mess to get that together. It took us. It was probably one of the longest songs on the album to record because of just that and uh, making sure that everything sat properly and then we used a good deal of real drums and synthetic drums and to match up the synthetic drum hits that we were programming with this oddly timed signature song was it was like a, I was almost afraid the song wasn't going to get made for a minute we were in the studio, I was like is this, is this going to be just off the record and wait for it to happen in a later date or whatever and uh, I'm just really glad we got it to work and like I said, I'm glad it actually mm-hmm. makes sense with the songs on the album because, and it's, especially the second half when the song kicks in and you get this kind of ripping. Uh, in my mind, I was trying to do like "My Bloody Valentine," uh, Sonic nice. Youth. Thing. I was like, "Yeah, Shoe Gaze for Life." Like check out <laughs> <Hell> this <yeah. laughs> like, super creepy, <laughs> nasty-sounding guitar section. And um, but yeah, and just like be juxtaposed to the like angelic, over-reverbed kind of uh, vocals. And um, yeah, just. Yeah, it's kind of what the song, song came together to sound like and what it was, what uh, I planned on. It's also one of the most closely uh, sounding sonically to what I demoed. It was one of the few songs that I demoed on my own that, like, if you were to listen to the first the original demos, it sounds nearly identical minus the loud drums. So every other song did go through a much more dramatic, pronounced uh,
4: change.
2: So,
3: from what the demo said, because I, I record everything. I didn't set this up early on. I should have mentioned I record everything myself. Um, I, I should. It's about time to like start recording on computer because I get I get a lot of hate from real musicians. But I <laughs> record on like a very cheap portable eight track uh, like task cam recorder, and it does the job. It's and gets, awesome. Gets me. Thank you. I, I like I like it for the purposes of. Of the limitations, and like yeah. I know, I'm a person that if I had unlimited channels, you would have the you would just have a super sound. It would just be like twelve guitars doing the same thing, all with a different pickup selection. Why? Like I would just do yeah. insane things like that. <laughs> just like it needs more tone. And I'm just Give like, it to
2: me. Give <laughs> it to me.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but like <laughs> I still do that there's
1: room for that and like there are some really amazing records that are like that but like if this if the song doesn't need it then you don't have to put it on there and that that approach to like intentionally limiting yourself to see what the song really needs like that's incredible i think you it's not so much that like oh more people should do that but like that's a a thought process that i don't think a lot of people go through
0: yeah, I mean, sometimes giving yourself limitations is the most creative thing that you can do because it forces you to solve problems in a way that you might not if you had, you know, limitless possibilities. And I know just as, you know, as as someone who started out making music on, you know, like a four track Tascam cassette recorder um, and is now making music in a, you know, uh, uh, in in, in like a computer based studio where I have basically as many tracks as my computer can handle before it catches on fire. Um, you know, it's sometimes I miss the limitations of, of being like, Nope, we only have four tracks. We gotta, we gotta really think about what counts here. And now it's like, Oh, we can add that in. No problem. Mm -hmm. 17 tambourines. Why not? Yeah, let's do it. Like (laughs) who cares? Uh, so you know, I think especially for, for demos when you're like writing a song, like if you can make a song work in that context, then like you can make it work when you have all the tracks in the world.
3: Yeah, um, which I do do. Once I get to the real studio, I'm like bringing out the 17
0: guitars. Yeah, like. <laughs> which is which is when it, that's when it's time to do that, you know, but yeah. like if you can't get the song to work in its most basic form, then like, you know, no amount of layering things is going to help it. So, you know, I, th- I think you know i think there's definitely a a, a argument to be made that like demoing in, in those kind of contexts is actually probably really effective
3: yeah it's a, it's proven pretty successful for me i'm very proud of the things i'm proud of myself even when i'm able to accomplish something like just make a track like work with multiple instruments that like you wouldn't i don't know I, yeah even just like I, I guess representing the section that i had developed um where the song breaks out and goes into like a piano i'm referencing sorry scatterbrains there's this uh piano part performed beautifully by peter um forgetting his last name i have it somewhere here it's written on the credits of the record as well but um he's got a long like very cool name um but um yeah the section on that like i um sample like some chopin or shop how do you pronounce his name right chopin i can't do it chopin I i think yeah, I don't embarrass myself any more than I have done. Um, but I sampled some of that as a placeholder, and it was like the idea. I wanted a beautiful piano section, and just to even like do that on the gear that I had was like so sketchy. I had no, I didn't. I don't record on these. I have metronome on the Sascam, but I record without it. So like just listening and trying to, I find that I've tuned my ears sometimes to like certain sounds, or just bettered my human timing because I' working. On a, just a loose kind of, yeah, like non uh, uh, quantized kind of base or whatever, yeah. So I'm like, yeah, when I write on these, when I write my songs on the task cam and I'm able to come up with anything, I'm always really impressed with myself and I'm really surprised how decent it sounds. And like I say, it sounds great, but it sounds decent enough to present to somebody to translate my ideas at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, definitely, it's it's so easy to get, because I've got so much gear, like I've collected a lot of gear over my last like, couple of years of making music, and, um,
5: and sometimes,
3: yeah, <laughs> it makes you feel kind of dumb when you're like, you have like 14 pedals in front of you, and you can't even like make something, I don't know, like I need to strip back sometimes, and just
0: yep. like, yeah,
3: write on an acoustic guitar, right on an unplugged electric guitar, and just sit there until I find something that I like, and then... Yeah, then I plug in sometimes. So My methods are very, um, yeah, I take. A, I try to take a step back. And also because I know myself, Like I know I'm me, and no matter what I do, on whatever instrument it's going to sound like something, that I like, sound like me, even like yeah. this new album, I feel like as much as I was trying to sound different, and it does sound different, it still sounds like, I had a friend tell me, like, yeah, it still sounds like you, it still sounds like Bots, And I was like, Cool, I guess. Like, I, I took offense to it for a quick second, but then I was like, "No, a lot of musicians <laughs> like want, spend their whole life like you know, you're trying to, you want to have your sound. You want to like, yeah. I'm so happy at a young age that I already <laughs> had to sound like this. I guess, just cool. Hopefully, I can still change it up within the sounds that I that are reminiscent or familiar to me. But like, I I'd still want, yeah. All right, they got off base. My that's the most like loosely no, tangent. Sorry about that. That one was like that was <laughs> trash. It's,
0: You know, we, we've never once gone on a tangent on this podcast before, so, uh, you know, we'll have to cut that
1: for sure, but I don't even know what to do now. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) I think, I think the podcast is just over. Like I think it's just over now. Um, (laughs) no, not at all. We, we do have one more song to talk about that. We're going to close out the podcast with, but before we do, um, obviously your record two seater is out September 8th, uh, on big indie records. But other than that, is there anything that you want to plug? Uh, people. Where can people find you on social media? That kind of stuff. Like, this is this is your chance. What do you What do you got?
3: Yeah, socials. All the you know bots follow the bots on Instagram and Facebook and uh, all the other major platforms. We're on all the streaming platforms. The songs will be out on uh, on Spotify and Apple Music and uh, all that good stuff. Uh, Bandcamp. You can I believe you can. Uh, Jeez, man, I really feel like I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm sorry. I'm, like, just guessing. Um, yeah, we've got tour coming soon. Um, yeah, we're trying to plan a tour around October, uh, Pacific Northwest. Um, we're trying to do some, yeah, some dates over there, which would be really nice. Um, so, like, October-ish is what we're hoping for. If not, um, a little bit November. We have to, we're still putting it together, so we'll see how the dates come together. But um, working on that, um, we are releasing a mini-doc with some, with a, a, a bit of the making of the album, the process, and some of the stuff that's happened over the past couple months. Um, it's going to be a three-part documentary, mini-doc, so that's going to be dropping in, in pieces. We've got the first one coming soon, from what I understand. Um, we're working on a new music video that we will be dropping for Five Feet Friendly. Um, We've got a couple other little songs we're working. We have a little uh, tune that we worked on with uh, Robbie Krieger that we will be releasing eventually. So it's been pushed back a little bit further than we liked, but um, just due to timing and just everything, all the events of the sure, world. Yeah. yeah, so we're working on that. The we'll track with Robbie Krieger from The Doors will be coming out eventually after the post-album.
0: This has been a, a lovely time uh, looking back uh, on this record with you. Speaking ah, of which, is the ah, last song we're going to talk about. Boom, nailed it. I nailed it. So good. I would like my podcast host award now, please. I'm very proud of you. Uh, yeah, tell, us, tell us about Looking Back. Um, looking Back is... I got,
3: had to put in one of those uh, acoustic jams. I wanted originally the plan was when writing the song and uh, presenting it to the group. Um, I told the producer, I told Adrian that I wanted an acoustic song with no drums. We ended we ended up putting drums on it, but at the very end. And I think the way that we did was extremely effective and kind of elevated the song. We did um, we kind of copied another. Copied another band. They copied Spoon oh. with their amazing. They had this technique, and I forgot what song is on right now. I'll have to find it later. But it sounds is just. It's like it's just piano and like persistent like one and it, it's that's what kind of keeps piano is a percussion instrument. Uh, yeah, a lot of people don't. Yeah. yeah, people don't consider or recognize it as. If you looked at the classical instruments piano is a like percussion. So it totally makes sense that that keeps it with them it. And we did. We didn't do that on our song, but we bass and guitar is What keeps rhythm for us throughout, and there's shakers. So I, I lied. There's no. I didn't want typical. I didn't want kit drums on the yeah. album. I wanted auxiliary percussion yeah. and everything else to fill the space. But um, he, we were listening to it and we were fleshing out the song, and it sounded great. And we loved how lovely and uh, kind of campfire esque that how it sounded, and we loved that part about it. But he'd, he had the idea, um, Adrian, to add the drums that like it was like it's from the other room and he was like I want it to sound like it's you know like it's just about to come in but it never really does and that's kind of yeah. what we did we like that tension that like makes you rid- and only at the end too. you think it's gonna like really open up and I love that like it it did it turned it into it's not even a it's a rock song in my mind it's a, an acoustic folk rock tune but it made it more of a rock song in my mind and gave it this kind of edge and like just changed it from what it was before and um it's one of those songs as well. Like I was saying, that is a, a more of a. It's the most lovey. It's the most like, roman- overly overtly romantic, songs on this, on this album. Opening up the lyrics that, um, sing like, can you talk to me every single day till I die? It's like mm-hmm. Romeo and Juliet oh. stuff. <laughs> um, but uh, and I, and I'm, I laugh a little bit about it as I'm saying it. But I mean, I'm a, that is the kind of person I am. I hopeless romantic. I love uh, that kind of love. I want, it's yeah, what I look for in life and that's what I'm about. But um, yeah, the song is about looking back, about remembering past relationships fondly and thinking about yeah, just kind of where you are now, knowing that things won't be what it was, but being able to move forward with, like, you know how like after I'm, talking, I'm trying to phrase just yeah like um just looking back on all the things you've done in general like knowing that there's negatives that ended the relationship or whatever connection or what do you want to relate to the song you can still even with friendship i don't think it necessarily it does speak romantically and that's kind of where i was coming from but i think i still it could be applied to a friendship, a strong friendship, or love of friends. Sometimes friendships don't end amicably either, and it's you looking back on just the positives, remembering fondly. Yeah. And as we all should, we shouldn't harbor or hold our you know negativity and like it's just it's just bad for moving forward. And that's why you don't want to look back, I guess. Or I'm, in the song, it's like I'm always looking back, but like always looking back to move forward like you know it, it plays just so many things it does the same thing I had spoke about before with open um, to interpretation yeah I'm just like like mm-hmm. it, yeah it's hopeful it's kind of reality affirming it's it's it does yeah it does whatever the viewer because I've listened to many and I kind of like that about that's my favorite thing and not that this song is any it is reminiscent of it, I tried I guess it's semi reminiscent of like an oldies jam that I, I've heard and like probably was thinking about when I wrote it. Yeah. But, um, but I love that about all these songs or about specific, like when I think about um, like Robinette songs or like whatever, like it's songs I listen to at some of the happiest times in my life and also the saddest times in my life. And like, I love that it can play to, both of those emotions I and mean, that's just harkening back to me saying what i said before like interpretation where you are at the time and what you're feeling and i just love that music is like that omni it's everywhere it just like does what it needs yeah. to do it serves its purpose if you want to cry to it you can cry to it. if you want to cry to it happy tears you, you can as well it does so many things Like yeah um yeah yeah it's a song that I yeah that I would be happy that I wrote with the intention of performing and, and looking at it different ways. I knew that it would evolve as so I wrote that song. That was one of the earliest ones I wrote. That one was written about seven, about eight years now, and um and it was once again pretty much just that song as well. That was not didn't sound anything like that. The demo version doesn't sound that closely to it as on the record, but the exact structure and everything written was exactly the same song. Uh, it's produced yeah. better I like to think so at least
1: the decision to to use more like um, simple percussion and piano and things like that throughout rather than full drum kit really allows you to to play with layers and have a lot going on in the song but at the same time like musically there's still a lot of space for mm-hmm. that energy that you're talking about in the, the lyrics and in the, the meaning to, to let people just kind of sit in that space and think about it. So like, it's a really, a really like accomplished. Wow. Um, thank you. I like it a lot. Yeah.
3: I mean, we, we definitely try to provide space. Like there was, we did a lot of things to the, to the drums. Uh, we played the drums with chopsticks. We played, no symbols on pretty much all of the albums. I was something that was like a joke to the drummer because he really wanted symbols, <laughs> and we we're like, "No, nah, man, we, re- we replaced the symbols <laughs> with foam." So he was just hitting foam. <laughs> if you see, you'll see in the documentary; it's hilarious. The mini doc. Oh, I can't like, wait to see that segment. <laughs> him
0: so playing
3: with chopsticks and hitting foam, and he's like, <laughs> we "We're like, yeah, make the drums just sound really minimal. Like, don't you don't need a, like, no fills, no shakuhakas, <laughs> just only like." only builds like it was so specific it, but it lent for it presented the what we have here now and i'm, I'm happy because it's still it lives it's a yeah. different life in the live section we, we we both kind of um you know uh what was i man i can't speak basic english i'm like we uh we like yeah go off off the improvise wow <laughs> I remember the word yeah. improvise. <laughs> yeah, we improvise a lot live and add you know, and add flair and embellish certain sections. So like sure there is no simple symbols on the record, but would you see the song's live is loads of simple. And now that you know that, maybe when you listen back, I, I think it's kinda weird, like you listen to songs like, Oh yeah, there is not a single simple hit besides like hi hats in this song. Mm-hmm. Maybe like a riot or something, but
0: yeah. Yeah, I didn't I didn't notice that, but now I'm excited to go back and listen to, to all the, the yeah. lack of symbols That'll the be lack of symbols is
3: insane. <laughs> we had a MIDI a couple of symbols in there because they we were like there's there's not enough there's no symbols, so like put one hit
2: here.
3: <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, it works. So there's like two or three MIDI symbol hits and like very much no symbols. The ma- but um yeah, the magic of digital. The magic
1: of digital we just needed the symbol hit. We'll, we'll just click right here. <laughs> there we go. Done. oh. Um, <laughs>
0: Can't do that on the uh, on the no. old, on the old TASCAM. No, you cannot. No.
3: <laughs> no, nor would I really want to. But it served its purpose. We were like, you yeah. know, we were at the end of the recording session, and we we're like, we need at least one simple hit. We were already back home, so we just knitted it in. But <laughs> don't tell. The, so
1: looking back, he realized it needed more symbols. Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, I, did two, I did it too. I did it too. It's my job, Caleb. <laughs> I know.
3: <laughs> um. Yeah, <laughs> I
0: think I'm said up for
3: anything
2: to and just say about the song. That's
0: great. Right on. Awesome. Well, Makai, thank you so much for spending some time with us this week to talk about your record. We're very excited yeah. about it. Um, it's, it's a fantastic record. So as I'm sure everyone listening has already heard, because you've just heard a bunch of it, but definitely check the rest of it out on September 8th. Uh, once again, it's called Two Seater. It's out on Big Indie Records by the band The Bots. And yeah, that's that's what that is do that yeah go 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 buy it you said it'll be on bandcamp
3: yeah it'll be everywhere everywhere Sweet. you can yeah. buy and stream music it will be
0: hell yeah well go go find your favorite place to buy and stream music and, and buy and stream it and you know just just be cool be cool do that be cool just, <laughs> just be cool for like a second <laughs> thank you too so much you are so you're so welcome you're welcome back anytime uh, another seven years. If you got some new music, hit us up. We'll Hopefully we'll still be doing this. <laughs> right. It
3: won't, it won't be that long this time around. Yeah, I've hopefully. To, hopefully. Yeah, right.
0: This has been Left of the Dial. I have been Kitsy. Caleb has been Koi. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back next week. Can
5: you talk to me every single day into the day I die? Oh, I. See the way I do And will you walk with me you never really have a chance To make with what you can do All it really does is hurt my heart Walking towards the incandescent lights Oh why Don't you feel the way I do You know when you thought of me You never really have a chance to Make with what you I'll really die.